From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report? We hope this finds you well. We hope that you're excited as we are about the season opener tomorrow night for the New Orleans Pelicans. Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly. John DeShazer's here today. Uh, Producer Dan's here today. And, uh, well, we've got a full boat for you as we've got a bit of a special edition of the Black and Blue Report today. The Saints are quiet today, and so therefore we're turning our attention to the Pelicans as they gear up, J.D., for the inaugural, I guess, season opener under the Pelicans banner. Is that fair? Is yeah, that right that's, that's fair. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Um, you know, you want to see – we've seen kind of the unveiling, I guess, preseason, but we really hadn't taken the the entire wrapping off uh, – you know, the preseason a little bit different than the regular season, so, you know, you hope to see them ramp it up a little bit. But, you know, we've gotten some good glimpses of, of what the team is about, you know, the colors and the players and all that. But it's nothing like opening night, you right. know, with the with the balloon drops and uh, the and, real deal and the people kind of, you know, uh, repelling down. Yeah, I think I'll repel in. You're going to repel in? Yeah, tomorrow. I'll repel in. be good luck. So, I'll be repelling. So tomorrow night at 7, the Pelicans welcome the Indiana Pacers. And while this – uh, franchise's history dates back to uh, its uh, inaugural season in Charlotte. Uh, certainly tomorrow night has a, spe- a special feel because of what John was talking about, the name change, the colors, the whole nine yards. And so um, we're going to celebrate that a little bit. And today we're going to begin that celebration, or at least the ramp up to the start of the season, by talking about the broadcasts. There's been a lot of folks who have uh, been wanting more information about how they get the games who's delivering the games to them, and all that. So today we thought we'd kind of get things started by letting you get to know the announcers a little more, um, letting you get to know um, where you can find the games no matter where you are in the country. We'll do that today. And we'll talk a little Pelicans in general and then really get it going tomorrow when we uh, bring in a few national guests, a few local guests and whatnot to celebrate opening day of the Pelican season. Of course, the NBA begins tonight with two games, and as fittingly as uh, it, you may think it should be, uh, the defending champs are opening the schedule, and they'll receive their rings and raise a banner tonight in Miami. So keep all that in mind. So with that on the show today, the lovely Jen Hale will be here. I would say the lovely David Wesley, but let's just leave it at David Ain't Wesley. Ain't nothing lovely yes. about him. Uh, and Joel Myers, too. And then uh, Pelicans Director of Broadcasting, Lou Schumann, will stop by later on and talk about um, – the uh, particulars of radio and television broadcasts for this upcoming season. And we'll get to know producer Dan, as we've called him on this show, but he's Daniel Salerson to us. He's also our studio host on the Pelicans radio broadcast. Uh, with that being said, the guy next to me, uh, and, and I think that most people know now that we've partnered up not only with the Pelicans, but the Saints too, in a lot of respects, that's John DeShazer. And uh, John, you've been here a long, long time, mostly though in a, in a newspaper role, but You've been here long enough that I think folks say you're a local. You're a Georgia boy. I know that. But, you know, you are, in all regards now, a New Orleanian. Wait, 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 wait. Now, what's that? Georgia born, Georgia bred. 
when know? I die, I'll be Georgia dead. Well, you'll be dead. I don't know about Georgia. <laughs> you might be. A, you might be the Phoenix. Or the instructions are to take my body back across the state line. Maybe dump it, but still, you know, just you know, put me there. Okay. So let's start there. Macon, Georgia, right? <laughs> yeah, Macon, Georgia. Macon, M-A-C-O-N, folks. And um, our famous hockey team, the Macon Whoopies. And, yeah, I was born and raised there and uh, didn't move here until 92. And uh, so I guess, you know, a lot of people like to think I'm New Orleanized. Is that a word, New Orleanized? It is now. New Orleanized uh, right now. But, uh, but, no, I'm still, you know, I still have family there. Still get a chance to go home. Don't get a chance to go home as much as I would like. But uh, but I'm here. Came here for the job at the uh, at the Times Picayune in '92, and have seen and and heard much uh, through sports. I've been really, really. I, I mean, now all seriousness, you know, been really blessed to uh, to to really, I guess, kind of not work for a living. Covering because covering sports is almost isn't like it's almost like not working. It's almost like a hobby, and to be able to get paid for it and go to games, you know, it's it's hard to beat that. You know, and I hope no no uh, no former or current or future bosses listening because I still would like to get paid. So don't don't take that too serious. But but I've I've had a great time doing it. Huh? You know, like I said, been here a long time and 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 you know was able to to move over and and to the radio and do a little Pelicans you know Hornets last year and and team up with a guy who uh who I'd seen around for a while. You know, folks, I'd I'd seen Kelly around, so I didn't really know you know exactly what he did i mean i knew but i didn't know and uh and maybe the same thing for him you know we kind of seen each other from afar and and you know you respect the guy's work but you don't really know how 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 hard he works at it or or whether he's actually any good at it until you actually you know you get a chance to work with him and uh and found out that uh that the guy works you know pretty hard i guess you know all things considered and, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, and i was always afraid to kind of go around him because i just didn't want to do something stupid and then end up in his well-read co- uh, column at the time. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that was that was my thing, man. Yeah, and I and, and I've always considered having a column being the best job at the paper. Really, really, because you know, one, you get to go to the games and you get paid for that, and, and that's all one wonderful. But you get to go to a game or to an event and give your opinion. And a lot of guys are kind of hamstrung. If you're a beat writer, you know, it's kind of the who, what, where, and you want to stick with the facts and those things. But as a columnist, you get to express your opinion. So if a guy stinks, you get to say a guy stinks. That's your opinion. And if a guy plays well, you get to say all those things. That's your opinion. You get to, you know, every now and then you'll get into a little bit of a, a tiff with a coach or or an athlete or a parent or somebody of that nature. But, you know, I always just consider that the best job at the paper, man, to be able to go somewhere and express your opinion just like you're sitting on a bar stool or we're sitting here or you know, you're in a guy's living room and you're debating back and forth. Well, it's kind of a one-sided debate where you get to say your side and nobody gets to really argue with you at that time. But, you know, I've always tried to balance it out when I was doing that. And and to uh, to go to radio from that after doing that for 20 years was really kind of a culture shock. Um, you know, no more deadlines, you know, per se. And, and to not be able to really – you know, not I guess it's a different type of critiquing when you when you're working for an organization because you know you can't lie to people. You know, people know what the product is and what it looks like. So you know, you got to be genuine. But it's a different kind of critiquing. I think it's more of a constructive critique as opposed to what I did at the paper, which was you know a lot of time. You know, as I look back on it, it was it was you know there there were some times where it could be a little bit gruff, and uh, and those are the times that that lead people to 
to not say nice things to you and not send you nice emails. <laughs> but uh, but it was it was great doing it, man. I had a great time. It's uh, it's been a a, a very uh, uh, popular question for me here out and about the last few weeks because uh, folks have heard me do some of the Pelicans preseason games um, solo here, and so the question is, well, you know, what happened to John? You guys got it going last year. That was your first year together. So what happened? So I guess I should explain that as we're, you know, this learn learn about the broadcast black and blue report. Uh, John's primary responsibility now is the uh, senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com. So uh, with that being said, John will still be on the Pelicans radio broadcast. It just will be, I guess, what's the what's the safest way to put this? Well, it's a not part time, maybe diminished capacity that. When you're saying diminished capacity, you're talking about a person's mental state, though, generally, huh? I am of diminished capacity there, too. But it'll be in a, a reduced role. How about that? Well, your 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 primary responsibility is New Orleans Saints. Yes, my prim- primary, secondary. yeah, secondary is is Pelicans. is the Pelicans. Right. So you know, I won't be doing every game or as many games, but, but I will majority. be doing the majority yes. and a good chunk of it. Um, you know, still, you know, hoops was uh was and will remain uh, one of my main sports loves uh and I thought we had pretty good chemistry doing it last year and hopefully I didn't embarrass you or myself or my family now that I think about it as I did it but um yeah it'll it'll be fun doing it especially covering a young team that looks like you know the sky is the limit I mean I I I've been telling anybody who listen I think this is a playoff team you know maybe not a one or two seed but I think this is a playoff caliber team and and I think they they will earn and deserve any amount of, of, of following they can get in the arena and on the radio and online and anywhere else they can get it because I, I just think it's going to be a really exciting time around New Orleans for basketball. All right, so a writer, a columnist, uh, a broadcaster now, and now uh, on the, di- uh, the digital media side with New Orleans Saints. Uh, you know, and a singer. My debut album. Oh, okay. No, well, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Not a singer. As you can tell. That's fair. But you do <laughs> sing in church. You're not afraid to sing in church. Well, th- we all make our, joy- our joyful noise in. It doesn't matter how bad you sing in yes. church because you're singing for the Lord, so nobody cares. This is true. John's heavily involved with his, with his church. He's also heavily involved with uh, uh, various endeavors around town, one of the more generous people I know. What, yeah. Other than that, what, you know, what does John DeShazer like to do? Not that you have a ton of free time these days, Ooh. but are you, do you fish? Do you hunt? Do you play golf? What, what do you do? What's 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 your thing to get away from here? Well, see now that's that's I don't hit hunt fish or golf because I don't do anything that could where I could actually drink more than the activity. So because you know my whole purpose is to have the activity. So yes. um, but yeah, outside of you know getting away and really leisure time, and I, I'll travel some, and uh, I enjoy you know not NBA road trips where you're in and out, but actually getting away for a week or. Or a couple of weeks, but you know, really, I don't, I don't do a whole lot now that I think about it. I don't, I don't do the the general get away from it all kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I've had friends try to talk me into playing golf, you know, a million years, and I just can't see myself doing it. I just, I can't. Now, I will still pick up a basketball and and shoot some hoop every now and then, and you know, as um, Kel can attest, you know, we all of us still have a decent hook shot, you know, when we're allowed to toss it but that's a whole different thing for a different day different show (laughs) but uh you know i'll still pick up the rock now my you know my son i won't play him anymore because he's probably at the point now where he could beat me and so you know i retired undefeated with him uh 
but you know if you're if you've got a son or a daughter or anything that's like under eight that's one wants to challenge me I, i'm i'm all for backing them down and, and taking them to the rack now don't get me wrong because you know, i don't take that kind of pity so bring them on a win is a win is a win <laughs> i got you i got you still to come joel myers david wesley jen hale and then uh, Director of Broadcasting, Lou Schumann, will be by later. He'll tell us a little bit more about this year's configuration of the uh, New Orleans Pelicans Radio Network and how also you can get the uh, radio broadcasts online, because we get that a lot. And uh, I know that a lot of people listen to this show, the Black and Blue Report, outside of the New Orleans metro area. So there are ways to get the games, and that's kind of what we're all about here today before the regular season debuts tomorrow. So that I hope that answered the question that a lot of people have asked me about John as far as where he is on the broadcast and, and how that will all shake out. So again, John's going nowhere and uh, he will be with us the majority of the basketball games. Just know that his priority is the New Orleans Saints side uh, at the moment. And so for example, John will be on the broadcast tomorrow night when we open the season against the Pacers and then I'll be solo on uh, Friday night from Orlando and Saturday at home because J.D. will be with the Saints as they travel to New York City to take on, or should I say New Jersey, let's just be honest about this. Yeah, exactly. Take on the New York Jets, so keep all that in mind. So the Black and Blue Report continues as we kind of focus in on the broadcast side of things with the Pelicans today, and uh, hopefully you'll know a little bit more about those who are bringing you the games this upcoming season. The television voice of the Pelicans, Joel Myers, joins me in one minute here on the Black and Blue Report. Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Are you ready for healthcare reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about healthcare reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. It's our special edition of the Black and Blue Report here on the eve of opening day for the New Orleans Pelicans. The NBA actually opens tonight. We're all excited about that. There's a real buzz over here on Airline Drive. Still to come on this particular episode, David Wesley will join us. That's uh, Joel Meyer's partner. He's at the other microphone. And then Lou Schumann, the director of broadcasting, will stop by, and uh, Lou and Daniel will help everyone figure out where to find Fox Sports New Orleans and identify the different stations along the uh, New Orleans Pelicans radio network. But uh, Joel Myers has uh, been chomping at the bit. Uh, as a t- as, a, as a, you and I have talked, as, as David and I have talked, John, everybody, there's a certain anticipation about this season. But for guys like us, basketball junkies who love broadcasting basketball, there's always this feel as we get ready for another regular season. And, and especially after last season when you felt like Anthony Davis was starting to make some progress right before he got hurt again at the end of the year. 
And, and you could see some other signs from some other guys, Austin Rivers, before he went down. Uh, but then when they upgraded the roster the way they did over the summer, it was like, can we please start early? Can we do uh, a few games even before the start of the regular season? You were lucky. The radio side did. Unfortunately, we didn't do any. And down the road, hopefully that will change, that we do some preseason games. But you said the word buzz. There is a buzz in this city because I've been here for a month now. And back and and my golf days are over. I'm ready to work. I've done a bunch of football games, but back for good. And uh, man, oh man, people in this city are really talking about the team. And I didn't see that as much last year. Yeah, there's no doubt. Full disclosure, Joel and I are both from St. Louis. Uh, We'll spare you the Cardinals talk. Still suffering at this juncture. Yes, uh, we'll 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 <laughs> we'll leave that behind. Um, but you know, for you, uh, when when you now you've been here now a year, um, and one season under your belt as the as the television voice of the Pelicans, this is a unique place, um, and you've been all over the country. What was it about your first season here that that struck you? Uh, the people, how good the people are. It's a, uh, you know, it's a unique place. There's no other city like this. And I don't have to tell you, you've been here a long time now. There's no other city in the country like New Orleans. It's unique to our country. You can't compare anything to New Orleans. But the people make the place. And the people here are so warm and so genuine. And just the way they welcome you, even if it's at Rouse's or on the phone with Cox Cable. And people are just warm and make it easy for you. And then the neighborhoods, because we live, we lived last year, warehouse, we moved uh, since. Uh, now I'm walking this morning with my dog past Jefferson Davis's house, past Ann Rice's house, and all these, the history that goes along with this city, you can't compare it to any place else. It surrounds you. Yeah, it's it really, it's really a wonderful place. Joel Myers has broadcast just about everything. I, I bet he's done a checkers match at some point. Not here. really. Well, but Not chess or checkers. Decades long <laughs> at all levels um, and, and all sports, too. Uh, it's interesting, Joel. Folks hear you, especially here in a podcast or, or when you did the radio call the other night, and they just get to hear the voice. There's no picture. It's just the voice. There's no doubt God has blessed you with a wonderful voice. My dad was deeper than I was, that's believe even, me. That's, that's scary. Yep. The, here's my question to you. I think that most folks will say in this business that with a voice like yours, you get a bit of a head start. But the translation here is that you have to uh, build the craft. So when you look back on now a quite long career, what did you do to say, okay, great, I know you like my voice, but let me – let me show you what I can do as far as the call of the game. When did you start to really pick up what would be best for you in advancing yourself into being kind of in the top tier? Do you get where I'm going with this? Yeah, but I, I think it's the love of the game mm-hmm. where it all begins. I, you don't do this unless you are absolutely passionate about the game. And you grew up in St. Louis, and you grew up listening to Jack Buck and Harry Carey. And I grew up, even before you a little bit, and I listened to the Hawks in the 60s. And because I'd fall asleep as a kid in the 60s and I couldn't stay up till the end of the game, my brother, we had a reel-to-reel old Webcore tape player. And he would start it when he thought I was fading out. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning I could listen to the end of the Hawks game or the end of the Cardinals games. And I fell in love with the guys that were calling the game. And, and what I really fell in love with was their personalities because they weren't cookie-cutter. Now, unfortunately... Everybody comes out, whether it's Syracuse or the University of Missouri, we could go through all the broadcast journalism schools and really good schools. 
but they think they have to sound a certain way. And nobody has their own. <laughs> just be yourself is that, the most important thing. And, and folks in this town have been blessed by that. They've had right. personalities. Right. You know, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, but the love of the game, it goes back to that. And I knew by the time I got to junior high school, because now everybody calls it middle school, I knew by the time I got to junior high what I wanted to do and what my goals were. Because I, even though I was a decent basketball player, I couldn't jump. I wasn't fast. I was too small for football. Uh, the football coach laughed at me at my high school <laughs> when I told him I thought I thought I wanted to come out. And he looked at me, you don't weigh enough. You can't. So that was the end of that as well. Was there a veteran in the business that knocked you around a little bit early on? I can remember one or two guys kind of making sure that I was on the straight and narrow as far as putting in the game prep, doing the right, you know, learning the right way. Was there a, was there a guy or well, two that knocked you around a little bit early on? I, I came into the Cardinal uh, press box after I had done – an indoor soccer game. And in those days in the 70s, the steamers were filling the arena, the old Checker Dome Arena, whatever you want to call it. And the uh, Blues were really hurt. There was maybe 12, 14,000 a game. So indoor soccer, because St. Louis is such a big soccer city. And the, the steamers the night before had lost a game in overtime, and it was a terrible call by the official. And Jack Buck looked at me, and he goes, man, you were tough on that ref. And I said, he goes, whether you agree with him or not. And he gave me some great advice along the way. And subsequently, he gave me other advice down the road. And then when I had to make career moves, I'd go to him. Mm -hmm. When I was offered a job, I was 28, I'd just gotten married, I was offered a job, he told me I'd be crazy if I didn't take it. And I took it. And I went out, and luckily, because I was addicted to the game of basketball at the time, uh, it began my career out west doing UCLA football and basketball. Yeah, interesting stuff. There was an ESPN 30 for 30 uh, not too long ago um, about the ABA team in St. Louis in the short run. Bob <laughs> I, li- Costas, I lived it. <laughs> right. Bob Costas was the announcer for that team, and, and you know, uh, he told great stories. So whether it be the PGA Tour or the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball or, as you mentioned, Division One Athletics, surely there's a story or two that you can share that would – Knock me out of this chair right now. I know that we. Well, I'll we've, just we've, give you one that's yeah, not right. really legal. <laughs> okay. uh, we were in Baltimore and uh, doing the indoor soccer team on TV in St. Louis. Before I went over to KMOX because I wanted to go back to radio to do it. And uh, in Baltimore, a blizzard. I mean, truly, a couple of feet in a short period of time. And we were we had already played the Baltimore Blast at the Civic Auditorium the night before. And we wake up and they said, "You guys, it, it's it, you're never going to get out of here." They're going to cancel the game. We are supposed to play the Cleveland Force that night in Cleveland, the old Richfield Coliseum. And real quickly, I I won't drag it on. Well, these guys were all St. Louis, you know, South St. Louis, North St. Louis, but great soccer players. And then you had some other guys from Ireland, Scotland. All of them liked their beer. So as soon as they found out that we weren't going to be playing that night, cases of beer. I mean, cases and cases. They picked up once we, we were all on the bus together. Stop at that liquor store. (laughs) <laughs> Cases got on. So they start drinking. Then Earl Foreman, who's the commissioner of the major indoor soccer league at the time, Cleveland had a promotion. They sold out the Richfield Coliseum. I don't care when you get there. You go back to the airport, and you guys are playing that night. We get on an old, dusty – I mean, you hit the seats, and there was dust on the plane because we didn't have – there were no charters in those days. We get on this plane, and it was probably out of Wiley Post Airlines. We get to Cleveland late. We start the game like an hour and a half, almost two hours late. And then the kicker, 
They play double overtime, lose after drinking earlier in the day. <laughs> double overtime, lose. <laughs> and the bus didn't show up to pick us up because they didn't think the team was going to make it. So it, as it turned out, members of the Cleveland force took us back into the city to our hotel. We had to all you know, kind of piggyback and carpool together after these guys had been beating on each other for about two and a half hours. So you see a little bit of everything. I don't tell you. You know about those. But it's it's fun, and especially um, in the days, of the, the, you know, that was the Wild West there, the MISL there for a while. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Now, how was the broadcaster that day? How much did the broadcaster have knowing Mike, that he may or may not work that night? Best line of the night was my <laughs> partner, Mike Cavanaugh, and he said, I'm, this is the first chair I've been in today that hasn't been moving. That's because we were on a bus, we were drinking, we were on a plane, we were on another bus. And then the kicker, the bus after the game didn't show up to take us back to the hotel at like midnight. Speaking of drinking, you should know that Joel Myers is literally a wine uh, no, connoisseur. No, no. It, Far uh, no, from no, it. No, stop it. Now, listen to me, folks. If you go to the arena for a game, you can usually find Joel downstairs preparing with David. Um, and if you've Always. ever had that special occasion coming up or uh, whatever, you want to impress somebody about selecting the right wine, Joel's your guy. Not really, because I oh. don't. I don't know anything about white wine. Well, I don't drink white red. wine, so I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm stuck on certain things. You're selling and, yourself short. Uh, well, <laughs> but, but it's healthy. My cardiologist told me it's good for me, so I have a, a legitimate excuse now. I need somebody to tell me that bourbon's good for me. <laughs> that, that hasn't car- stopped no, you I, yet. Well, you're right. <laughs> um, real quick before I let you go, uh, give some folks into, uh, give some, give them some insight into your game day. Is there something particular about your process on game day that that's unique to you that um, maybe it's maybe it's long standing. Maybe it's just since you joined the Pelicans. But what is it about your game day that is um, is unique that helps you get ready? Well, I go to a lot of sources. Actually, I'm kind of a, a, a addicted to newspapers and and websites, and I read a lot. And I try to incorporate a lot of different storylines into the game. I'm not a ball strike announcer by any means. I like to think that we bring in a lot of different things to the telecast that aren't basic so uh this morning whether it's i go on all the you know hoops world real gm hoops hype which we all love and that takes us to other places mm-hmm. if you hit the links uh so i never stop reading to try to come up with different angles to look at a guy maybe a player you didn't know about and and maybe his story about how he got there and how hard he had to work to get there and we don't have many opportunities and, and radio t- you have a, a real luxury radio is it's a dream especially for a play-by-play guy. Remember, the TV is analyst-driven. That's right. It's 75%. You're a traffic cop as a play-by-play guy on television. Radio, you're really driving it. It's yours. And you can, at, at the old paint the picture, radio is still. I had so much fun filling in for you the other night in that preseason game, and I told you. I said how much fun it was yeah, because he, I grew up in radio and I've been on radio all my life, but haven't done a lot of radio lately. So when I had that opportunity, it was like, this is still Lakers such a radio treat. Was your last regular radio? Yeah, kid, wasn't yeah. It? yeah. I did some for ESPN over the last couple of years, right. some Sundays, but it's not the same thing as going to the arena and getting into that cadence, that rhythm, that rat a tat tat, and feeling great. It's fun. Um, and yes, there are a lot of things available to us now that help us tell those stories yeah, that maybe easy. we didn't have. 10, 15 years ago, right. you had to do more. Uh, what well, was tougher? Right. Now you have absolutely no excuse. Exactly. With it's what the internet right has there. provided, and especially USSportsPages.com, all the newspapers and all the articles we can read. And, and what I like to do is the local beat writers, 
live with those guys. We live with the Pelicans. Right. We live for them. We pull for them. They're in our heart. We're objective. But let's face it, we want them to succeed. Yes. It's a lot more. <laughs> yes. It's a lot more fun calling wins than losses. Yeah, it's our team. So right. the beat writers are really helpful to us for the other cities and the other markets. Right, and that goes to the other thing that that I see you do a lot too, and that is um, while you're devouring everything you can get your eyeballs on during the day. Right, I see you bounce around the arena, and you're talking to either coaches, coaches, or players, or, or writers, or other broadcasters. You you can't ever lose, at least in my eyes that face-to-face communication in order to gather what you what you need for that broadcast right. or help to tell that story. Well, the, the trust factor, it's relationships yep. that help you more than anything else. And I don't care what business you're in. It is truly relationships. And I've been in this business a long time and calling games for a long time. So I have a lot of friends in that locker room, maybe on that bench. Uh, it's fun to see them, first of all, and then to catch up, and they'll give me the skinny. And they'll say, look for this guy, look for that guy. This guy has been great lately. He's a little bit off that other guy. And, and they'll give you some perspective that you wouldn't normally have. All right. Producer Dan's looking at me and saying, okay, it does not have to be an all-day podcast. Do I understand? We're about out of time. Uh, last question for you. Have you selected a tie for opening night yet? It's the – I go to – I've got a Pelican tie. I go to Nola Couture yes. on Magazine Street. What a great store for everything New Orleans. I mean it. I was just in there. Uh, it's a fun place. And so that's a great stretch of magazine. You're going tomorrow. Yeah, that's a gr- okay. talk about a great stretch of Magazine oh, Street. it's a treasure. Yeah, but years. Nola Couture is a cool place right there. All right, so we'll be looking for that tomorrow night on Fox <laughs> Sports New Orleans. It's the debut telecast of this uh, season as the uh, Pelicans lift the lid and welcome in the Indiana Pacers. Joel's partner, David Wesley, here in just a moment as we continue on this special edition of the Black and Blue Report after this quick time. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around? We got this. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Chicks dig the long ball. Gordon, right of the key, crossover dribble to the top of the key, shoots off the glass and in. He was fouled, and it's a possible three-point play. Now, back to the Black and Blue Report. Special edition of the Black and Blue Report. Our conversations continue today as we get to know the guys who bring you the games on both uh, television and radio. Still to come, Daniel Salerson and Director of Broadcasting, Lou Schumann, who will talk about where to find all of these broadcasts across uh, not only the internet but television and radio too. Uh, we're uh, pleased to have David Wesley, not even on a Wesley Day, join us. He'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk a lot, David, tomorrow about uh, the game itself against the Indiana Pacers and what the Pelicans have in front of them here for the uh, first couple weeks. I don't want to. 
I don't want to go too far. I don't think players do either. I think, I think that, I think that they always say we take it one in game at a time. But I think it's human nature that you kind of look at them in groups, and some may look at them in groups of three or a week or two weeks or whatever. So we'll kind of make up our own block tomorrow. But good to see you, sir. It's good to see you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's You've do been it. Kind of chomping at the bit here I have for a been. while. I have been. Uh, when you when you come off of a season like last year where there is no playoff uh, uh, time to watch the team and. And then you have an offseason full of excitement with regard to the addition of new pieces and, and the maturation of your key piece in Anthony Davis. But it makes it makes that that stretch from, let's just say, I don't know, for me it's like mid-August to right before training camp is almost unbearable. Yeah, and, and as soon as the season's over, obviously you're, you're tired, you, you've had a long season, didn't make the playoffs, and you're, you're kind of bummed, but you're kind of happy about the summer. But like you said, you, know, you get to that point where it's just – all right, let's go. Let's go. You got a new name. You got new this. You got a, a new players, and and the team's looking good. You, you expect growth and and all those kind of things, and you just can't wait to get on the air and start talking about them. Yeah, a lot of people who who now tune into this podcast, but also watch the Pelicans on TV, know David Wesley is the charming, smiling. I won't say good looking. <laughs> Elliot Deshan and his wife, um, television analyst for the Pelicans. Then there's another segment that know you as a former NBA player, or at least as an active NBA player. There are still many out there in this community that remember you not only as a Hornet, but also your playing days in other cities. How, how many years in all now did you play in the NBA? 14. And you were one of those undrafted guys, so you're bringing yes. a unique perspective to the game at that level. Yeah, you know, I remember breaking into the league my first year in Jersey back in 93 where I didn't really feel like I was a part of that team. I felt like they kind of did me a favor almost. And uh, Ramil Robinson, if you remember that name, was on that team. Tate George, they released him so that I could be on that team. And starting guard was Kenny Anderson, who led all guards in, in minutes played that year. So I relatively was just kind of a cheerleader and learned and watched and, and, and just worked hard. And as undrafted guys, and I see guys that come in like a Brian Roberts, uh, I love those are the guys I'm I'm rooting for Lance Lance Thomas. I, I just I'm 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 rooting for those guys because I know how hard they have to work and how they have to change people's minds. They can play this game, and so uh, you know when I'm coming in, and then finally I'm always looking over somebody's shoulder. I'm 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 beating you down. I'm tapping you on the shoulder until I got in front, and then for my career, that's the part that kept me going because I knew there was a me behind me coming to get my position you're what early 40s at this point 42 42 right no yes yeah. 42 42 yeah you're yeah, just 42. one step ahead of me yes, yes which yes, will yes, always yes. be in that category 43 in about two weeks does it ever you know now that now you've now you've built yourself a television career and and let's be honest it's 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 based upon the fact that you had a basketball career when you right. match that with your personality but even now you know at your age and having been through it all does it still sometimes strike you that you're that kid from small town Texas, and this is what it's become. Does that ever hit you upside the head even now? It, it still does because I, I look at I look at those players, and sometimes I'm looking at them how big, how fast, how quick they are, and think, was I really just out there a few years ago? And here I am at 43 from Longview, Texas, and I've I've now had a a, a basketball career. I'm starting uh, this broadcasting career and. Uh, I'm lucky guy uh, to 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 be a part of the game and then be able to now watch and talk about it and and be a part of another team. It, it's great. A year ago, 
you know, we were in training camp. It was your first as a, as a broadcaster. You had moved your family back to New Orleans uh, where you had played for a, a little bit of your career. Um, you know, I don't know if I've, if I've even asked you this because you had options, you had choices, and there's probably two dozen places across the country that you could live and feel comfortable based on people that you know and your experiences. But I don't think I've ever asked you, what, what was it about coming back to New Orleans? What made you say, I'm in? I enjoyed New Orleans when I was here. I had, I had uh, the fans are great here. The people receive you well here. Uh, obviously, the food and the culture and everything else is, is, is wonderful, but it, it took a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm talking to my wife. I've been offered this job, and it was almost last minute. And I'm thinking, yeah, 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 this could be, this could be a new chapter, and this could be fun. And we were in Maine, where my wife is from, and there's no, I mean, in the mountains, no phone signal. It can't get emails. You got to go to a certain place in the mountain and wave your phone just trying to get a signal. So communicating uh, with the Hornets at the time about this job was kind of difficult. But we knew that when we came back from Maine, we had to find schools, house and, and everything in a short amount of time. But, I, you know, I just I like New Orleans. I like being here and and enjoyed uh, coming back. I oh, think, one quick story. Yeah. The day we moved, the day we drove from Houston here was the day of the hurricane. We actually emptied the truck into the house and the hurricane happened that night. That's right. Yep. That was Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Labor Day weekend? I, I don't know if it was Labor Day weekend. Uh, it was right around that right, time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt that former players and coaches, of which you are both, um, have added to viewers' uh, enjoyment of the game, whether it be learning something or engaging with a story or, or just gaining the perspective of having or getting to listen to somebody talk about what it's like to do what they love watching. For you, though, when you kind of started this journey, this new chapter, as you called it, what did you have to learn or what it, what what had to happen for you to be able to take the knowledge and experience of playing and coaching and be able to share that with your viewers? Well, for one, sometimes when you coach, making your point and getting people to understand, and, and I coached for two years in the D-League uh, with the Texas Legends, being able to, to, to relay to somebody on a basketball court how to do something in a way that you're not using terminology that shoots over their head. You, you got to, I don't want to say dumb it down, but you have to be, you have to use the right words to, to get that across. I think that helped me a little bit in the broadcasting. There's so much I don't know. There's still so much I still don't know, but being around guys like yourself, Joel Myers, um, the producers, Lou Schumann, filling me full of information and really all that you've told me going into my first broadcast, none of that helps. It's you, you it helps as you go. Cause you go, Oh, I remember when he said that. Oh, I remember when he said that, but going into that first broadcast, everything is out the window and you were just nerves, a ball of nerves. And you're just, I don't want to say the wrong thing. And the process of learning, it took, the whole year and I'm still learning, but it takes a whole year to kind of get going to what it is. You have to say how 
quick you have to be sometimes, how concise. Uh, one of the most amazing things I think about watching Joel do what he does is his internal clock when we're going to break and when we're doing certain things where he has to say, uh, you know, somebody tell him, you have 25 seconds to do this. And he can feel that down to the 24 seconds. And, and that's the kind of stuff that I want to learn how to do. And, and that's fun because it's, it's a new chapter in my life. You know, most people who have seen me would quickly figure out that I didn't play the game. Um, no, don't don't ruin this for those who haven't seen it. Okay, okay, okay. okay. The bottom line is this: sometimes I look at, and again, I just talked about the value of having former players involved in the broadcast side. But at the same time, I don't want to offend anybody here. I see a lot of guys who who leave the floor or leave the coaching ranks and plop down in a chair and say, "All right, let's just go," and just I, I want to say they wing it, but they do, I guess, and they rely on just that that knowledge base that they have. They don't they don't grow their craft, I guess, is what I'm saying. Right. But you know what's interesting, and and I should share this with everybody. I first met you back when I was a studio host for the Hornets, and you were late in your career, or you were later in your career. Right. It wasn't done yet, but you were in the you were on the down down slide, if you will. Yeah. And I and I had to learn about you, and and I knew you as broadcaster player. We weren't, you know, we weren't buddies at the time or anything like that. But I was, I was close enough, or I was around enough to see. Here's an undrafted guy, who is up against it on a lot of different nights. Who has to, he has to be that guy that works a little bit harder than the other guy to keep the career going, and even to be, you know, still in the league. Certainly. So there was a work ethic, I guess, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I almost see you doing the same work ethic with regard to broadcasting that you did as a player trying to still prove it if you, even after all those years in the league. Well, I, I think anything you do, you want to do your best, or you would hope you'd want to do your best. And for that player that comes in and thinks, well, I'll just talk about it. And when you explain what you're doing as a television analyst is to tell the why and the how and, and, and that kind of thing. As a player, you think, well, I don't need to study to do that, but type – you do. You you have to do more. You have to figure out backstories and and the things you talk about and the why. It helps to know that that guy spent two hours after practice. It's good to know where that guy came from so that you can talk about. I remember my first year in the league. I come down and I shoot a jump shot, and the analyst said. This they don't want him taking that shot. This guy, he's not he's not a shooter. That's what I did in college. That's what I did for my career is shoot the basketball. And here this guy is, and of course, undrafted rookie, and he didn't do his homework. He he knew very little about me. And that's the kind of thing that I don't want to say about another player or insinuate about a player if I don't do my homework. And and that pushes me to continue to to grow. And of course we had this conversation during the season about players and, and, and how some of them approach it in the best way to. So my whole thing to this point, I owe to the guys around me, this is a team thing and and talking to guys and, and learning from what you've done over the years and Joel and, and, and everybody around it. It's, it's, it's helped me grow so far. Trash talk is a big part of the game. Absolutely. Um, but, at the, but at the end of the day, players look out for players. So how do you balance, now in your new role, um, protecting players or I guess being a player's, um, on a player's behalf slash you got to be critical of him at the same time? 
Have you been able to balance that a little bit? I I have. I feel like I have. I, I know some people may say I'm a little harder on some players, but there is there is an honesty to what we do, and you can be honest without killing a guy. And that's basically what I think about when I'm when I'm speaking. Honest. The the public sees the play just like I do. There are students out there of the game that know the game like like I do. And when I'm talking about a play, and and other players and coaches are watching this, be honest about it. It was a bad play. Now, I can say it was a bad play, or I can say that guy is absolutely terrible, which is too much. And as a player, I wouldn't want anybody telling me I was absolutely terrible, but I would be – I'd be confused if I'm watching a game and I'm, I'm hearing this guy go, oh, well, he, you know, and he's dancing around. It was a bad play. Mm-hmm. And that's how I try to keep it honest but not too critical. All right, when you're away from the broadcast booth and the game, what does David Wesley like to do? Well, if it, I don't do anything that interferes with my golf game. And I'm not saying I'm lightning golfer, but – uh, I, I try to stay out of the weight room. I try not to work out too much because it hurts my back and it hurts my knees and it affects my golf game. It hurts <laughs> well, my shoulder. Twenty some years, man, <laughs> I, and, and and it hurts. It really hurts. I've never been one that loves to work out. I I venture in there from time to time now, but it's not anything that I do scheduled. But if I could golf just about every other day, I'd be a happy man. And the guy's still built and he doesn't work out. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, I'll, I I will say this as we was we let people kind of peek behind the curtain today. Uh, David's a good sport. See, I like to, when we're on the road, I, I don't like to sit in my hotel room a, a whole lot. I like to go out, enjoy the restaurants of the city and all that. And so David was a good sport. Last year, you know, it was his first run with us, and and uh, it was John's too. And and uh, and they let they let Joel and I uh, drag them around to our favorite places around the league. And it's interesting because, um, again, liking to go to, to out to eat and all that and, um, I don't like to go to chains or anything. I want to see the local joints around town, which means that a lot of times we have to walk a little bit. And, you know, of course, we could probably take a cab or whatever, but, but why not walk? And so David would always ask me, OK, well, how far is it? And I'd always say, oh, I don't know. It's like a mile. And, he, and he, then eventually during the season, he, he came up with a new name for it. He said, All right, is that a mile or is that a Kelly mile? And it's always and then it a got, Kelly mile. Right. And then it got even shortened to that. Or is it, how many Kellys are we walking? <laughs> to get the dinner tonight you know what i've never heard anybody who has no sense of distance worse than this guy right here hey it's a block okay what kind of block are we talking about i mean this is is this a country block where you know the next house is a mile down the street and 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 we would start walking thinking we're going two blocks then we go three blocks now we're into the kelly mile now we're turning a corner oh it's right up here and right up here is 18 buildings down at the end of the day you had a good meal didn't you had a good meal. Took a cab back. <laughs> and with that, we'll see you tomorrow. All right? all right. See you tomorrow. All right. Pelicans and Pacers tomorrow night. David on your television on Fox Sports New Orleans. We're certainly looking forward to that. Well, speaking of the broadcast, we're going to give you the uh, where you can find it rundown when we uh, wrap up today's Black and Blue Report in one minute. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? 
Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. Well, Jennifer Hale begins her second season tomorrow night as the sideline reporter for New Orleans Pelicans broadcast on Fox Sports New Orleans. She's also, of course, heavily involved with WVUE, Fox 8 New Orleans, and also the NFL on Fox. Jen, thanks for joining us today. I know you're probably a little tired. Welcome back from London, but I'm sure at the same time excited that we're starting a new season tomorrow night. I am thrilled, and let me tell you, this big storm was hitting the U.K. as we were trying to leave, and they were saying, expect delays through Wednesday, and I said, no, you don't understand. I have to be home in New Orleans by Wednesday night at 7 o'clock when we tip off. It's outstanding. Uh, you know, your your travels now have taken you international. You're global now, Jennifer Hale. Um, what was it? <laughs> how was it broadcasting from the U.K.? You know, it was so much fun. We had an absolute blast. Uh, London was gorgeous, and the people were so nice. It actually reminded me a lot more of the South in that respect than I thought it would. Everyone was so welcoming and cordial and, and happy we were there, and, and it was a really neat partnership between um, the NFL and uh, what they're building over in London. We met a lot of the uh, soccer clubs, but also they have a real growing sense of traditional American football clubs as well. It's amazing. They're going to play a lot of games. We're going to have to have you on to talk about uh, how much football terminology they truly do know over there across the pond um, well you know it was fun sean they cheered for everything so it was a really exciting game because it didn't matter what happened they went crazy for oh, I, team. I love it <laughs> and we could and we could use a little of that soccer type fandom in our game too there's no doubt about that jen very positive group yes jen will you will you kind of give us a little bit of the backstory because i know bits and pieces of it but the the folks that see you now see you as now a sports journalist. Well, that's not been the case the whole way through. Where did this all start, and how did you end up where you are today? Yeah, life's funny. It's kind of weird what twists and turns it'll take. Um, I've always loved sports, and when I went to get my master's degree, uh, which was in broadcast journalism, you had to pick a specialty, and, and I asked to double specialize and do sports and politics because I loved both. Um, and after I graduated, it's the political doors that opened for me. So I, I worked for several years uh, as a political reporter covering Washington, D.C. And, and the state capitol here in uh, Louisiana. I spent a lot of time in Baton Rouge, which was great, uh, reading budgets, learning how that process works, and, and I loved it. I always kept sports kind of in my back pocket. I always loved it and thought, gee, maybe it'll resurface somewhere somehow. And uh, indeed, I, I worked for free, really, uh, for LSU, LSUsports.net. I, I did some reporting for their website, interviewing different players, stuff like that. It was more fun to be on the sidelines of an LSU game than up in the stands. And um, some of the Saints folks, Greg Bentel, saw it and, and told me he had some friends at NFL on Fox and that they were looking for sideline reporters. And uh, we followed up and 
you know, it was just really a dream come true when the NFL on Fox hired me now three seasons ago. This is my third one in the NFL. And uh, it just kind of grew from there. And NFL turned into NBA, and it's it's been an amazing ride. Jennifer Hill with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Jen, um, you know, other than other than that experience making you a well-rounded broadcaster, what things from the news or political side have translated to the sports side? Well, I think good journalism, no matter what subject you're covering, is about the facts and properly putting them in perspective, not putting your own spin on it. And I find in sports it can be really difficult. Everybody's a pundit now, and everybody has an opinion, and everybody wants to be clever and funny. Sometimes it's hard to find just true, true real information, and, and that's what I have done for a decade. So uh, I, I find that has really helped me, uh, and that's the feedback I've gotten from a lot of my superiors as well, is that it's a clean broadcast, it's factual, there's no spin, there's no innuendo, um, and that's what good journalism is. Also just learning to deal with people, you know, whether it's politics or sports, Working with people, managing people is a huge key. Developing sources, um, and certainly politics is great training ground for that. Tell me a little more about your process. Specifically, what's your favorite thing about preparing on a game day, and what is perhaps either the hardest or the most stressful thing about preparing on a game day? Well, probably two different situations. You have so much more time with the NFL than the NBA. NFL, there's 17 games. We don't have a bye week. Uh, NBA, there's 82 so basketball is a lot faster. You don't have, you know, NFL, we have a three-day buildup where we meet with both teams, and you just have a lot more time to get ready. But basketball, I'm always with the Pelicans, which I love, because you really get to know the team, and you get to become an expert on your players and your coaches and your style. You know intrinsically where the strong points are, where the weak points are. Uh, so for an NBA day, uh, we start with shoot-around in the morning, and then I'll go back and go over those notes, put together – all of my suggested reports. I always try to walk in with about 20, 25. And then you get to the arena, as you know, fairly early because we start with our, our pregame interviews. Usually, a, a, I usually do a player, Sean, you usually do Coach Williams. Uh, but then the key, really, for a sideline reporter is reacting to what happens in the game. That's really why you're there. What, what do you see on the bench? Uh, injuries, expressions, frustrations, you know, temper tantrums like as Bryant had this past weekend, that's you need to be the eyes and ears of your broadcasting crew on the ground. It's an amazing job that you're doing right now, and um, and you juggle so many different things. So, this next question may fall may fall flat on the floor here, but when you, when you actually do have some free time, Jen, what, <laughs> what what do you like to do? What's what 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 kind of makes you go a little bit when you're not a, when you're not at work? I guess. I have to exercise. I just get so sluggish feeling when I don't. So I'm a big fan of crossfitting, TRX, and cycling. Uh, when those aren't available, I'll be out running. I also I love to cook and bake. You know, this will sound funny to a lot of people, but now an awesome night or afternoon for me is getting to stay home, put a game on the television, <laughs> pour a glass of red wine, and make a big gumbo. You know, that's so fun, especially as the weather cools down. Uh, and then, believe it or not, I still love to travel just for fun. Where's the where's where's the go to spot, Jen? I mean, you get to go oh. to like thirty. If you combine the NFL and the NBA, that's probably getting close to forty different markets. So, is there one that you that you can go to that doesn't have a major league sports team involved? Yeah, we were trying to add up how many flights I took last year, and and I think it was like two hundred and fifty. Um, I love to surf when I can, so I love to go to remote spots. Um, I, I went to Puerto Rico last summer, um, just 
a dive place kind of off the radar screen. I had some friends recommend it. Um, little rundown motel, but great surfing. And that's what I love, just to kind of get away from it all and unplug. What's the one thing, Jen, that you would love for folks to really know about you that maybe they haven't picked up yet? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I guess it would be how seriously I do take my job. I think I think there are a lot of different types of sideline reporters out there, and I think there are some excellent ones. Um, Susie Colbert has just been an inspiration. I think she does an amazing job. Bonnie Bernstein, um, they, they, they do the job the right way, and, and they put the profession in the right light. And I know there can be a lot of gray area. So, so I guess folks would want, I would want them to know how seriously I do take it, what a privilege and honor I consider it to be able to do this job and uh, that I love it and will bring them the most quality information at every turn. Good luck uh, with the new season, Jen. That's good stuff there. And continued success in the NFL and then here locally over there at Fox 8. We really appreciate your time today. And uh, I, I, I've talked to, to, to David and, and John and Joel and Daniel and Lou and everybody Everybody's. This is like Christmas Eve today. We all can't wait for this to get started tomorrow night. It is. I'm so ready. I will see you tomorrow at the arena. Yes, ma'am. That's Jennifer Hale, everybody. She'll be on the sidelines tomorrow night as the Pelicans open up with the Indiana Pacers. She will be a part of the big broadcast there on Fox Sports New Orleans. Back with more on the Black and Blue Report right after this. The Pelicans are your NBA team, and Beau Rivage Resort and Casino is your M-Life Resort right here on the Gulf Coast. Featuring 1,740 luxuriously appointed rooms, exquisite award-winning dining choices, a championship-caliber golf course, and all the amenities you've come to expect from MGM Resorts International, Beau Rivage is the only true resort experience you'll find in the South. You belong at the Beau. Beau Rivage Resort and Casino is proud to be a sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Your New Orleans Pelicans take flight with a tip-off of regular season play this Wednesday, October 30th, when the Pacers come to town at the renovated New Orleans Arena. Be there when the new-look Pelicans take the court, plus see the unfailing to the Pelicans mascot. Action continues on Saturday when your Pelicans take on the Charlotte Bobcats. Tip-off for both games is 7 p.m., and Pelicans Fest pregame block party gets underway at 5.30. Call 525 or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Does your boss know you're listening? If not, turn it up louder. This is the Black and Blue Report. Again, game one of the Pelicans season is tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, or 7.10 exactly, uh, from New Orleans Arena as the Pelicans welcome the Indiana Pacers. Full coverage tomorrow night, not only on the New Orleans Pelicans radio network, but Fox Sports New Orleans as well. And I hope today that you've enjoyed getting to know the folks that do the broadcasts uh, with me. Uh, for all the games, but just a couple, and otherwise the national coverage will pick up from there. More on that in just a moment as we welcome in the uh, Pelicans Director of Broadcasting. Um, I would I would tell you all about his experience, but then you would think that I was accusing him of being old, so I don't want to do that. Thank Lou, you. Yeah, Lou Schumann's here, our Director of Broadcasting, and uh, Producer Dan, as you all know him, Daniel Salerson is here too, so he's a, he's a member of our broadcast team as the studio host. Uh, Daniel, you first. This is season what now? I know it's three. It's season three, but it's season two as the studio host. Yes. Okay. So um, I guess we should share now that 
that, that you're off the market, that since we last really, truly heard from you, you got married over the offseason, right? Yes, I know. Ladies are wondering whether I was off the market or not. Well, now we, yeah, yeah. We can finally close that chapter in the book. Yes, right, I, and whether they were or not, now they know. Yes. So, um, married well, a little over a month ago. And you so married up. Let's just put it that way. Let's just throw that out there right now. Oh, thank you. Yes. Uh, and much like our friend John DeShazer, you're a Georgia boy as well. I am. How did this all happen? How did I get all these Georgia guys around me? I wasn't born in Georgia like John was. I was born okay. in New York, but I moved down shortly after. But, uh, yeah, born in, not born and raised, but raised in Marietta right outside of Atlanta. So, You want to give the folks a, a kind of a rundown of how you'll be helping us again this year? Well, absolutely. You know, I do the, the producing for the Black and Blue Report, the Monty Williams Show, and the game broadcast. Um, bring you halftime and post games for our studio hosting, but all the commercials and all the rejoins, the production elements, is uh, where I mainly do all the stuff. So anything you hear during the broadcast, hopefully it's good. Um, that's what I'll be doing during the year. All right, I won't tell you the teams that he's a fan of at Please the moment, don't. but we'll leave that aside. I will tell you that he is a uh, a frequent participant in area softball leagues around town. Yes, champs play Nola champs. Yes, this uh, spring, right. no wreck. So uh, Daniel will also be uh, keeping us up to speed as far as our uh, technology goes as we can continue to try and bring you the most modern and up-to-date broadcast. Uh, and with that, Lou Schumann, uh, again, in the other chair here from Studio B today. Okay, there are a dozen questions I get almost weekly about where to find the games. Okay. Where would you like to begin, right, radio or television? Let's start with television. That seems to be the big one. Now, the good news is this. For the second year now, the Pelicans games – We'll be on Fox Sports New Orleans, which has d delivered a superior picture for us. Um, and we get all the bells and whistles that the other Fox regional networks provide throughout the country. Now, here's the catch, though, and I, and I sympathize with the fans. Because of all the different carriers in our market, we seem, to be we seem to be in a market that has way more carriers than probably necessary for our population. So sometimes it's hard to find um, exactly which channel Fox Sports New Orleans coverage is on. Well, let's see if we can make it easy for you. For right. you folks who have Cox Cable, Channel 38, and High Definition is Channel 1038, 1038. For you folks on the North Shore, Charter, you got Channel 33 and Channel 810 for the games. Uverse, the new player in the market, AT&T, Channel 758 and 1758. DirecTV, Channel 678 and 678.1. And then for the folks like myself who have Dish Network, they are in the 400s. I can't give you an exact channel because of their bandwidth problem that they're having. It's not a problem. They move the games. So you will find the Fox New Orleans games on the 400s, usually around 440 to 450. Dish is the only one that moves around a little bit. Dish is the only right. one. Everything else, you can count on those Those numbers. channels, they will be there, absolutely. All right, and again, we'll try and put this up on pelicans.com as well uh, as far as the listing goes. Now, i got to emphasize, yep. Fox only does 75 games. So you say to yourself, what about the remaining games in the schedule? Well, three of them are going to be on ESPN, so that gets us to 78. 78. Three more are going to be on NBA TV, so that gets us up to... 81. 81. That leaves one. That leaves one. So, unfortunately, that one game, if you have NBA League Pass, you will be able to see. So, I want to tell folks, don't believe the myth that if you get NBA League Pass, you will see the Pelicans. It is not the case. The only way you will see the Pelicans on League Pass if is Fox New Orleans does not televise. You'll see 
every other game in New Orleans. In though. New Orleans, right? Correct. Those listening to this podcast, though, outside of New Orleans, League Pass will guarantee you Pelicans broadcast. I'm not saying it's the home broadcast of the visitors, but you will get the Pelicans broadcast on League Pass. Okay. So that's on the TV side. On the TV side. Do we know the date of the one game that's not being televised? Uh, no, I don't have my schedule okay. in front of me. Hold on. Let's ask me my next question, and I should be able to tell you. All right. So that's League Pass with television. And again, the all those other, all those networks we talked about. Or those, I should say. Hold on. Those carriers. I want to make sure I get the terminology correct. That's Charter. That's Cox. That's Uverse. That's Direct TV. The Fox Sports New Orleans. Numbers, the channels that Lou gave you, do not change. Lou, um, Dish Network is the only one that bounces around a little bit, but it's in the same grouping of sports channels uh, up there in the 400s primarily. Exactly. So, anyway, so that's the TV side and the league pass side. And I think you uh, adequately talked about the blackout situation. Right. That's a 75 mile from the central post office here in New Orleans. Right. Anybody beyond 75 miles determined by your zip code, will be eligible for league pass and receive the games. Okay. We won't go into too great a detail, but we want to outline the radio network for you briefly. We'll start with the flagship station, which is again this year uh, with our friends over at Intercom, and that is 105.3 WWL-FM, which covers a, quite a bit of territory with a real nice, strong FM signal. In what other cities, though, Lou, do we have an outpost, if you will, Along the network. I'll move through these reasonably quickly. Okay. Alexandria, KDBS, 1410 AM. Baton Rouge, WEMX, 94.1. Franklin, KFRA, 1390. Homa, KJIN, 1490. In Morgan City, KBZA, oops, let me correct that, KBZE, 105.9. We're in Monroe on KNBB, 97.7. We're in Thibodeau on KTIB 640, moving to Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, WSFZ 930, Columbia, Mississippi, WCJU 104.9, Gulfport, Biloxi, WBUV 104.9, moving to Florida, Pensacola, WBSR 1450, and I also have to mention we serve the Spanish community in New Orleans with WODT here in New Orleans. That's right. our radio network. Okay, so you're covered along the Gulf Coast pretty much from almost the Texas-Louisiana border into the panhandle of Florida. So that's the good news. Again, there are a lot of people who listen to the Black and Blue Report who are not in the area that still want to listen to the games, and that is easily done. There is We talk about a league pass with regard to the television side. Lou, there's an audio league pass as and well. And it's free. Yes. All you have to do, you can pick the broadcast you want to hear. You go to NBA Audio League Pass. It'll give you a menu. New Orleans, hypothetically, at New York. You want to listen to Sean and John, you pick the New Orleans broadcast. You want to listen to the Iron Eagle New York broadcast, you select the New York broadcast. Right. Addition, let me mention real quick, not to go varying a little bit, but if you are a subscriber to League Pass, you're also guaranteed a free look on NBA Online, too, where you can watch the games if you're not in your house. If you have an account with League Pass, you will have a gateway to get in and watch the games. That's right. That's right. Um, I lost my train of thought there for a moment. Oh, the one more thing is satellite radio. Uh, NBA games are available on the XM side of the XM Sirius universe there. Correct. Um, so you have, to have the, you have to be in that group through the XM side, and you will primarily get the home team's radio broadcast in stereo on XM Radio for those of you who have satellite radio. So that's it. I, I think that I think that it's safe to say 
with the way it all shook out this year or shakes out this year, mm-hmm. that this is the most coverage ever of this basketball team as far as live in-game coverage and goes. We have three national games on ESPN, which folks can look forward to. But, yeah, it's, it's a precedent. We've never had this many games available for the public to watch. Television, radio, digital. Exactly. That's the, in, in that combination. Yes. Yes. All right, so there we go. I think that answered some questions. I'm yeah, you're going to turn your expense account from your last trip so I can take care of that? I, I, will, I will get to that. Very good. It's yes, been a pleasure. If you'll ignore it, never mind. Okay. <laughs> All right, Daniel, thank you very much. Thank you. Yep, we'll look forward to you on the broadcast tomorrow night. We're very excited. Opening night is special in the NBA, and we have a real special one tomorrow night. Yes, sir. Anybody has a question, feel free, lews at pelicans.com. I'll be more than happy to answer your questions. All right, that's your personal email. Well done. Um, and again, we're going to put up a lot of this information on pelicans.com as well uh, so you can keep track. And again, if you have any questions, you already have Lou's email, and you all know how to get a hold of me, um, whether it be on Twitter or email, at Sean Kelly Live or uh, radio at pelicans.com. That's easily done. So there you go. So there's our special edition of the Black and Blue Report today, our Get to Know the Broadcast uh, day so that you're all set up, ready to go. We wanted you to... Since since uh, Joel and, and David and John and, and Jen and, and Daniel and myself and all that are kind of in your home and in your car for all these uh, NBA nights, we wanted you to get to know us a little bit better, um, and we'd love to get to know you too, so please give us your feedback at all those different avenues that we've given you. And we hope that you enjoy the broadcast because we love bringing you NBA and specifically New Orleans Pelicans basketball. So um, if you can't tell already, we're excited about tomorrow night. We're excited about this team, and as always, we're excited about the start of any NBA season, and we're glad to do it from home tomorrow night. Hope you enjoy. Tomorrow's Black and Blue Report is going to be a real good one. We're going to get in-depth about your Pelicans as they set things up for opening night. We're going to take a look across the NBA tomorrow. We'll have some national folks on to talk about the league and really have a, a bit of a basketball fest on another special edition of the Black and Blue Report tomorrow before we get set for football later in the week with the Saints gearing it back up with the New York Jets. So that'll do it for today's program. Again, any questions you have, feel free to let us know. If you have feedback, we want to hear that too. We're not afraid to take some criticism and uh, or, and or suggestions along the way. So again, for Lou Schumann and for Daniel Salerson and for Jen Hale and uh, Joel Myers and David Wesley and John Shazer, I'm Sean Kelly here on opening day eve. We'll see you tomorrow for the opener right here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.